Lackadaisical Libro Cubergalus. Yes. Been a minute since I've recorded, which is sort of the status quo now, which is the thing I like to. It's a fun. Is it a phrase? It's not a word because it's two words. Status quo. Quo. No, I haven't been smoking drugs. <laughs> I mean, I have, but, you know, not, <laughs> not specifically now. Oh, boy. All right. So. <laughs> Uh, let's hop into some of the media consumption I have done, I suppose, starting with a Vigi game called Bloons TD6, which is in the Balloons Tower Defense, hence the TD, franchise, number six specifically. Um, no, this is strangely, when did the first one come out? Balloons Tower Defense 2, okay. Why does it only have two? Huh. I, I have the wiki open, and for some reason it starts with number two. Interesting. Was there not a first one? I'm looking at the screenshots for two or... or no, what is that? Screenshot of three. That looks very familiar. Anyways, it was an old uh, Flash game. Uh, oh, shoot. What was that site I used to go to all the time? Uh, it was great. Uh, back in uh, a, a job I used to have that shall remain nameless, I used to, uh, when it was slow, which it would be from time to time, as all jobs are, uh, there was a, a Flash game website that I would perhaps allegedly visit from time to time. Um, oh, man, I wish I, it had a fun name, too. Damn it. Uh, I'm not going to remember it. And. Uh, a podcast in which a person tries to think of a thing, especially when you know that thing, is uh, not ideal. Anyways, uh, it, it's it's a franchise that I've you know visited several times over the over the years. First one came out in two thousand seven. It's probably around the time I was working there, actually. Hmm. Two thousand eight, yeah, probably around that. Anyways, um, uh, basically, what it is is a tower defense game, which if you are unfamiliar. Um, things will try to get from one point of the screen to another, uh, usually along a path. Uh, you have to stop those things from getting to the other side of the screen by whatever means necessary. And those means are quite often quote unquote towers. So I'll put down a tower that, uh, you know, shoots bullets at these things. Uh, in the case of balloons, uh, the towers are all monkeys and the balloons are the things that are trying to get. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yes. Why do these, uh, uh, why does this army of monkeys want to protect, uh, something from balloons? What are the balloons going to do? It's ridiculous. Uh, so you'll start off with just sort of a, like a basic monkey, you know, your basic monkey, <laughs> your basic dart throwing monkey. Oh, that's a fun sentence. Your basic dart throwing monkey. And, it, you know, it'll throw darts and it's it's kind of slow, but it'll probably be enough to prevent the first wave of these, uh, 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 you know, red balloons. But then the balloons, they're going to get faster and they're going to get stronger somehow. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to need to uh, maybe add another 
dirt throwing uh, monkey. Maybe that dirt throwing monkey you have down, you're going to need to upgrade it so that its darts are a little sharper or it throws them a little faster. Mm. Maybe you'll uh, uh, start to unlock, which will quite often happen in this sort of game as it did in Balloons Tower Defense 6, um, uh, unlock new towers, uh, uh, different ones, ones that maybe freeze the balloons or glue them or uh, a, a guy with a boomerang. Uh, maybe there's some ships. Maybe there's uh, uh, one that looks like Superman, but a monkey. These are all monkeys, did I mention? Did I mention that? And it's just one of those sort of like, you know, as you could probably tell from the description. It, it, it is like that sort of dumb turn-your-brain-off game. However, <clears throat> there's also, um, you know, when you crank up the difficulty which, you know, it's not something I'm, you know, exactly known for doing in my video game experience. I, I like a easy, relaxed game more often than that. But with this, I think what makes it not as stressful is the fact that it's not sort of constant. So like a wave will come and then it'll end and then you'll have time to, you know, sort of rejigger and add uh, add these turrets and uh, uh, upgrade your existing ones like there's some time in between to uh, chill out a little bit and uh, you know take a breath and reassess and that reassessment particularly on higher difficulties uh, has that sort of strategic uh, feel to it because you know uh, uh, some balloons will not be popped by a regular dart and you'll need to, you know, blow them up or some, you know, uh, react better to fire or, or, or things like that. And you do find that certain strategies work better by others. Uh, by the time I stopped playing Bloons Tower Defense 6, uh, I, I had a really good strategy where I would sort of, uh, I had, um, you get a, a quote unquote hero, uh, that you can assign to, uh, uh you sort of pick and, and then like, he's there on each map. Should you wish it? I guess, uh, mine was like the psychic uh, monkey who, no matter where he placed him on the map, he could blow up balloons. And, uh, he, he was good too, because there's also camo balloons. So you have to take that into account. So like your average monkey can't see a camo balloon. So you need to, you know, give them special glasses or, uh, or, or things like that. Give them radar or, or, or stuff, but the psychic one could see the camo ones. So, you know, that was helpful. I can't believe some of the things that I'm saying during the talk of this um so you know start with him and usually a sniper monkey nice thing about a sniper monkey <laughs> the nice thing about a sniper monkey is that um uh they can shoot anywhere on the screen like a lot of them like the the your your classic dart monkeys have a certain radius that they can attack in whereas a sniper monkey can attack any, anywhere on the screen as long as it can see uh, so that's usually how it would start, uh, get a couple of those going. If there was water, um, something I learned that worked really well was get a, a submarine monkey. Mm -hmm. Yes. A submarine monkey. Uh, and eventually you could get an upgrade where they could shoot, uh, anywhere within the radius of another tower. Uh, which is really helpful. So like if you get like three or four submarines in a pond on the other side of the map, uh, and, and then put one monkey by the entrance, 
all those four uh, submarines could shoot as long as it's in the radius of that guy by the entrance. So those, uh, those very, uh, uh, those are good pro strat, a good pro strat. Anyways, um, you know, I, either you like this sort of game or you don't, I feel like, I, I don't know if there's a happy medium. I do like them from time to time and enjoy it this one rating wise. I'd go, yeah, like a freaking solid four, five out of five. Yeah. Like, a, 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 again, I like a tower defense game and this does it very well. The, the balloons tower defense franchise is definitely, uh, they know what they're doing. Let's say moving on to another video game. Um, Subnautica colon below zero. Oh, Subnautica, a game I uh, reviewed on this podcast. I'm sure. Uh, let me just see. I could do this. Subnautica. This is the, the, the beautiful thing of having my podcast notes in my Gmail account. Subnautica. So episode 451, I, uh, let's just, uh, give a rundown. So this episode number reminds me of my favorite Radberry title Fahrenheit 451 or in Canada Celsius 20, 232.778 was the joke I used to in the episode descriptions have a little joke like that. Uh-huh. Uh, so movie monologue. Oh, I had two television talks. My brother, my brother and me. Oh yeah. That was a fun show. <laughs> uh, the sponsor. Okay. Yeah. Why don't I just, uh, you know what we're, we're moving, we're grooving, man. I can do whatever the hell I want. Uh, I'll just uh, talk about episode 451 of this podcast. Uh, for some reason, uh, that's interesting. I don't remember doing this uh i have in the uh subject line of the email to post august 1st to record 23rd or 24th huh, i don't ever re really remember doing that sort of planning <laughs> wow a different time it was a different time uh yeah so this is from 2018 june 2018 interesting interesting um, so I had two television talks again, that was back in the segmented days. My brother, my brother and me, that was a great show. The, uh, sponsor for that segment was cool babies, heating and air. <laughs> uh, that's because, uh, one of the titular brothers, mm -hmm, uh, used to, used to, and I think still does say, uh, what's up you cool babies. So that would be where that fake sponsor. Ooh, pulling back the curtain, which I've, I mean, I kind of tongue in cheek did, but, uh, yeah, I used to make up the sponsors. Ooh, man, get a load of this, get a load of this guy having fake sponsors for every segment for years and years. Uh, huh. Mm hmm. Uh, the, uh, the other television talk I did was cheers. And then in brackets, the Rebecca years. So, oh, okay. So you know what? That must've been the, yeah, 2018 was the last time I watched cheers and I have the itch to do so again and have slowly been working the, uh, uh the missus working down her resolve <laughs> because she didn't really want to watch it for some reason. I, I don't know. Like I, I told her it's a sort of very, you know, chill, relaxing, uh, comedy of that era. Um, so it, it, it's not a no anymore. It's a maybe one day. 
and you know what? That maybe one day might be approaching even. Like, uh, I'm, I'm wearing her down, basically. Uh, so I, apparently in my talk of Cheers, I broke it down into the Rebecca years and the Diane years, which sort of makes sense, actually. Hmm. And then uh, also I had Suits season, season 7. Huh. Um, I think maybe that was the last season of Suits that I watched, because uh, I did eventually stop. Um, yeah, that was a fine show. Uh, cheers, I love. Uh, the sponsor for that segment was Paul Craypence, which is apparently the last name of Paul from Cheers. He sponsored that segment. He didn't really, though. Huh. Uh, in my notes, it says these are Frasier heavy episodes, <laughs> dot, 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 Paul, dot, 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 what the fuck was I doing? Oh, uh, in, you know what? In season seven, I have in brackets, meh, season seven of suits. Apparently I said meh in my notes, um, f for a book banter segment. Oh, we had a, we had a little bit of everything here. Uh, did I not have movies? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't have any movies. Hmm. Well, we got two today. Uh, in the book banter segment, I had Dragon Slayer's Return, which is uh, from the Spider Reels Tale uh, trilogy, and it was book number three by R.A. Salvatore. Oh, yeah, uh, that's that's fun. The sponsor for that segment was Haggis. I don't know why. I don't really remember that book. Let me just open uh, the Goodreads because, uh, you know, that's the other handy thing. I have the Goodreads op uh, link to books or the <laughs> IMDb for movies and such. I like it. Um, the threat of war looms over the realm of fairy as an evil king brutally suppressed, suppresses his subjects and a powerful witch wages a campaign of destruction. The peaceful folk of fairy summon Gary Ledger, the heroic dragon slayer to return for his ultimate challenge. He must save the kingdom from the eternal curse of war. Was that Gary Ledger? Uh, you know what it might be? I, 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 I'm having trouble remembering it, but was that the one where it's like a guy just from, you know, earth who's like pulled into this realm? But when he's pulled into the realm, he has like really good powers. Or is that Thomas the Covenant? Uh, yeah, I don't really remember that one to be honest. So there's that. Okay, then we uh, move to the game Gabin segment in which we have Subnautica, mm -hmm, the aforementioned, and Sunless Sea. That's interesting that I did both of those uh, nautical themed games in one. Uh, did I plan that? Was it a happy accident? I don't know. The segment sponsor there was the teleporting fish sushi bar the teleporting fish sushi bar um and oh, okay this is interesting too uh internet intercourse i had my go-to twitch channels which is interesting because i don't really watch twitch anymore hmm uh so they were normal difficulty which is funny because literally like minutes ago before I started recording this, he, uh, normal difficulty who I still, uh, you know, you know, uh, pay attention to or subscribe to his YouTube channel anyway. 
Uh, he's been posting some clips, some old clips. And you know what's very interesting about that? Wow, things really come in full circle. The clips that he's posting are probably from around this time. Like they're from his old streams where, you know, just crazy funny shit used to happen. Which I, I'm sure it still does in his modern streams. It's just Twitch is, I don't know, it's like the format of it or, I, I don't know. I, I just prefer YouTube. Uh, YouTube, easier to stop and start, I feel like. Whereas Twitch, I suppose it's possible as long as the person, uh, uh, recording does record and post the VOD video on demand. Uh, but that doesn't always happen and it's harder to navigate. I don't know. Like I, I you know what I do like and uh, watch fairly often is Twitch streamers on YouTube who post like their VODs on YouTube or clips from their VODs that I enjoy, um, such as normal difficulty. I wish he did it more. Uh, he's, he's, he's great. Hilarious. Uh, big fan. That chick Parker. Oh man. I haven't thought of her in a while. I think I still follow her on Instagram. Yeah. I think I see pictures of her every once in a while. She was this girl who, uh, I remember I started watching her when she was playing a uh, PUBG, Uh, and, and that was sort of my, not my introduction to Twitch, but when PUBG came along, uh, they made really good, it, it, it was a game that made really good Twitch content because you could like watch, a, a, a watch a match basically. And it would be a, a certain amount of time and you could sort of, uh, guesstimate how much time it would be before that uh, session would be over. Uh, and I think that sort of helped, which is maybe one of the reasons I don't gravitate towards Twitch because you don't know how long a thing is going to be normally. Whereas YouTube, you know, you just look in the corner and there it is. Uh, yeah, she was great. Uh, I should, you know, does she have a YouTube channel? Let me check. I'll tell you what, if she has a YouTube channel, maybe I will subscribe right now. That chick Parker. Uh, -huh. okay. So I see some clips. Uh, 2021, but I don't think they're hers, like from her channel, that is. Okay, well, here's one. That Chick Parker Best Woman's 01 from one year ago. I'm going to add it to my playlist. Save to playlist. See what, she, see what she's up to. Uh, here's another one. Here's one where she gets trolled from six years ago. Okay, let's watch her getting trolled. Save to playlist. I'll, I'll throw a few on. Here you go. A little little nostalgia watch for myself there. And uh, G Faust. Oh, you know, does he have one too? Uh, G Faust would. He was a Canadian dude. Uh, not not a, a a big streamer by any means, but he sort of was my. I don't know if he was my introduction. Probably was to um, Tarkov. Uh, watching him play, and and I spoke of him on quite a few occasions I recall on the podcast, uh, watching him play Tarkov was just sort of very Zen and relaxing. And, uh, he, he was, he was nice and tactical and would sort of take his time and he was very good at it as well. Like when he would run, uh, was it factory? Is that what it was called? When he would run the, the, the super crazy busy map, uh, you could tell he fucking knew what he was doing, man. And it was like a, it, it's that sort of satisfaction of, watching someone do something that they're very good at that, uh, for some reason, um, you know, humans seem to like, you can go on YouTube and, uh, satisfacting, satisf 
<laughs> satisfacting. Satisfacting. Uh, Okay, I'm just going to give up on that whole sentence. Uh, okay, G. Faust Tarkov. I'm going to type in. <sighs> I don't think he has a YouTube channel from what I'm seeing here. <laughs> uh, every once in a while, Dr. Disrespect will throw up some Tarkov. You know what I should try to find? Um, and you know what? Maybe I'll roll this into my next little, uh, talk. Oh yeah. <laughs> did all of this because I was talking about subnautica below zero. Okay. So let me just finish my talk of that. Um, yeah. Subnautica below zero. It's almost identical to the first one. Definitely a lot more, uh, you know, above ground parts than the first one, which, you know, if you're going to play subnautica, I don't know if that's necessarily a selling point. <laughs> that the there there's uh, more frequent times where you won't be underwater where all the cool shit is, um, and it is it's smaller. Definitely feels more condensed in terms of just scope in general. Uh, the story was interesting. I did like the uh, uh, like when the when a game uh, uh, basically at one point you have an alien presence in your mind. And what I like about that, <laughs> just on top of it being kind of cool, is I like it when a game uses a story point for something that is mechanically good. Meaning, uh, it's quite often a good idea in a video game if you can have a sort of narrator, you know, uh, uh, explain things or, or throw out some lore or, you know, uh, give you a hint on what to do next. And when that's worked into the story... There's a word for it. I can't remember what it is exactly. Um, yeah, I'm not going to be able to figure it out. Uh, uh, I like it. I like it. Yeah. It's sort of making logical sense of things that sometimes happen in video games that don't make sense. If that makes sense. I don't know. So, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll give a point for that. And the story, actually, I, I didn't mind. It was sort of interesting. You know, you're, you're basically get this alien presence in your mind uh and you're spending most of the game trying to find uh not only about it uh find out about your sister who's sort of the reason you came to this planet who's gone lost um, but you're also looking for parts for an alien body so that you can build this alien body, sort of like in a 3D printer, almost it looked like, um, and then get the uh, uh, this consciousness out of your mind and back into this body, which I was a little worried about. Like, I thought it was going to be, you know, uh, the, I'm going to put this thing in, and then, you know, it's going to fucking destroy the... Uh, everything <laughs> just period yeah it was gonna go it's gonna be a destroyer a destroyer of worlds who's to say who's to say uh rating wise yeah it's kind of tough because i it, i don't think it was as good as the first one and i wonder if it's just because of the newness of the first one uh, my biggest gripe of this and something that i feel like never happened or happened much less in the first one was I was getting lost constantly. Like there's so many maze un underwater maze like areas. You know what I could have done? I just realized is maybe 
Yeah, I'm dumb. I, I, I didn't use, oh, what are they called? Uh, not boys. Like map markers. Like you can place sort of markers. And I think maybe that would have helped a bit. Uh, what would have helped the most, and what I wish they had, was uh, like in Dead Space, where you could push a button and your suit would indicate the direction that your next objective was. <clears throat> uh, I know that seem, can seem a little handholdy. However, I would rather that than, you know, being lost for an hour at one point, I remember. Uh, being stuck in an area and not being able to find how to get out of that area was not fun. I did not enjoy it. Uh, so, you know, maybe there's a happy medium. I don't know. Uh, rating wise. Yeah. So like three to four and the base building while fun and I do enjoy didn't really change anything from the last one. It was basically just the same from what I could tell. Uh, I was hoping there'd be, you know, flush that out a little bit because I do enjoy it and, and the bases do end up looking cool. I had my base actually. Yeah, my base was pretty cool. It was uh, inside of a hole in an iceberg. So it was like half in the iceberg and half like poking out of the iceberg so that, uh, you know, my, uh, my ship could like dock and then I could go into it and then I would go like into the iceberg, into the base. Yeah. That was, that was pretty fun. Pretty fun and funny. Okay. Well, not fun and funny. Anyways, uh, jumping back to chief host Tarkov in YouTube specifically, um, I have been watching, I'm going to Google escape from Tarkov RP. Um, yeah. Do people do that? <laughs> RP story. How about I type? I'll tell you why I am doing this. Tarkov roleplay. Okay. Escape from Tarkov highlights. All right. So I'll, I'll throw a few on my playlist. I've been watching a lot of rust and Daisy. Um, not like full roleplay, uh, necessarily, uh, gameplay, uh, clips. Am I recording? <laughs> oh my God. For a second, I thought I wasn't recording. Um, from uh, from Rust, I've been watching people like uh, most recently Spoon Kid, because that's a name. Uh, you know what? Let me open some of my playlists here, which was some, one of my plans. Um, uh, for Daisy, been watching a guy called Nazar. Uh huh. Uh, here's a guy called Cobra, also Daisy. So they'll basically just record sort of a <clears throat> session of their playing of the game and then edit it down. And, you know, some of these are, you know, 20 minutes. The longest one I watched is like a couple hours. Maybe it's like a sort of a movie. Um, and they're all just fun little adventures. Yeah, I, I guess that's probably what I would boil it down to. Fun little adventures. People playing a game, um, 
Sometimes they'll go out with a goal in mind. Sometimes they won't, and they'll just be uh, screwing around regardless. Uh, I don't know what I am finding just really sort of relaxing. Yes. Which is something I crave more and more, but also uh, fun and funny the, the, the spoonkin ones in particular. I don't know if it's his voice. He's got a bit of a funny voice a little bit. Uh, but also he does funny things. Uh, yeah, that's, that's true. And, uh, it actually, I don't know if it's sort of tied hand in hand, but I have started to pull clips from my own long plays, uh, just like 30 second ones. Um, so on my, uh, uh, YouTube channel, the alphabetical DM, should you wish to see me play the entirety actually yeah just uh, uh the final episode episode 37 just dropped uh, I, I did a little calculation it was 130 hours of uh, long play of me playing skyrim uh role-playing my way through as the librarian um so in the last handful of episodes i started pulling uh, some fun clips those are also now on the channel in a separate playlist as you do nice and organized of course uh, on the note of the librarian, my game plan is this weekend, which is a long weekend. Um, I'm hoping tomorrow and the next day I get nice long sessions in Elden Ring and try to finish clearing out the map and put a nice little bow on it is my hope. Uh, it's not that I'm not having fun anymore. It's just that I'm, you know, realizing I've reached a point where the, 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 the sameness of it has started to cause me to desire to play other games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've done a, a lot of setup and testing for Fallout New Vegas. So I think that'll be next. Although I might do an interlude of, uh, uh Half-Life Black Mesa. I uh, might do that actually TBD TBD. Uh, okay. So moving on to, Oh, a television show. I think I mentioned last episode that the Mrs. and I are watching Northern exposure. And I wanted to talk just a second about season two, episode six war and peace. It was called, uh, mostly because it, uh, it did something uh, interesting. I don't know if it is, <laughs> this is a, a interesting TV thing in that it, it's also, it, it, it's sort of a, oh God, how do I say this? It's like a Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. Okay. That's not a <laughs> metaphor I thought I was going to use. Is the ending of this episode very well written or, uh, lazily written because they couldn't think of an ending? <laughs> It, it, it could honestly, it could be both and I'm not sure which it is. Uh, so the end of this episode, uh, one of the main characters and, a, a visiting, uh, a, a character, that's all you really need to know at this point, uh, are going to have a duel, a duel to the death, no less. However, uh, a third character probably, I don't know if you call this sort of an ensemble cast, but, uh, Joel, Fleshman, the doctor, uh, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of the main character. We, we see a lot of it through his experience that we don't see through anyone else's, which, uh, yeah, like, uh, particularly, you know, first episode was sort of built around, you know, this New York city doctor finding himself stuck in a small Alaskan town. You know, that's the premise. Anyways, um, 
he sort of <laughs> basically turns to camera, turns to the writers and say, come on, are we, are we really doing this? We're really going to have a duel to the death. It's ridiculous. Uh, other of the characters, you know, out of character sort of, you know, looking at the camera saying, yeah, come on guys. What about the edit we had blah, blah, blah here. Uh, and it just sort of ends with like, yeah, you're right. This is dumb. Let's not do this. Uh, let's uh, go with this ending. And then they just sort of, you know, it, it kind of peters off from there, which, you know, interesting sort of uh, uh, uh i actually didn't remember it happening because I, I have seen these before although it's been a while been a while uh and you know wanted to mention it here the missus did not care for it <laughs> that, that was the other reason i wanted to mention it because she doesn't like weird shit you know married to me and yet doesn't like weird shit come on now uh so uh, was not her favorite was, was definitely not her favorite that that happened uh i on the other hand liked it for the reasons above it, it, it's it's you know fourth wall breaking not something that happens very often in a television show and i i like to the degree where i looked into it uh like if i i think this is the only time it happens in the entire series at least from my uh, very tentative amount of research Anyways, oh, uh, one of the people, oh no, yeah, never mind. Moving on to uh, a movie, specifically a date movie, specifically date movie from 2006. Man, this is bad. Wow, this is a bad movie. So bad it's good? I think so. I just see it's got 2.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Although their scale is like, I don't even understand their scale. Uh, yeah, who was that girl? Sophie Monk, okay. Let me read the Imbad. Spoof of romantic comedies which focuses which focuses on a man, his crush, his parents, and her father. Spoof of romantic comedies which focuses on a man, his crush, his parents, and her father. Yeah, I suppose that's accurate. It is it's like a scary movie, but well, date movie. Yeah. I wonder if it's the same people. It is not as good. Um, there's, there's some laughs in it, uh, very, you know, lowest common denominator though, like to a sometimes annoying degree, I will say, uh, yeah, there's names you'll recognize. Alison Hannigan is playing, uh, the, the, the sort of main girl, Adam Campbell, mm Hmm. Uh, Fred Willard, we got in there. That was great to see. Eddie Griffin was great. Eddie Griffin plays Allison Hannigan's uh, father. Uh huh. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was that's uh, kind of funny. Uh, Mira Simon, yeah, okay, she plays the mother. Sophie Monk, uh, yeah, she was sort of the antagonistic uh, ex-girlfriend of the of the the guy there. Carmen Electra was interesting because she had about a. I don't even know if it was two minutes long. It was probably less than two minutes scene at the end, almost like post credits. And yet she was like very highly billed, uh, for some reason, which I thought was an interesting choice, I guess. Uh, Tony Cox, uh, also had a, a, a sizable role. Uh, he was good. Uh, Judah Freelander. Uh, huh. Sure. Uh, yeah, what can I say? There are dollops of comedy in which I laughed, but for the most part, 
you're going to groan. It's definitely a groaner. Uh, a lot of the, yeah, Fred Willard, you know, even in a bad movie, Fred Willard's good. Let's, let's just put that that way. Date movie rating. <sighs> 2.9 if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale three is enjoyed while watching but wouldn't but wouldn't watch again or is it would watch again yeah no wouldn't watch again so i'm gonna go just below that yeah it's fine it's fine uh moving on to the second movie that i have watched multiple times and i'll go right ahead uh off the bat and give it a five out of five uh the deer hunter from 1978 three hours and three minutes yeah it was long uh an in-depth examination of the ways in which the vietnam war impacts and disrupts the lives of several friends in a small steel mill town in pennsylvania yeah uh this is I think it's gotta be the darkest war movie that I can think of at least off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, starring Robert De Niro, Christopher Walken, John Cazizel, Cazale, I mean, John Savage, Meryl Streep is in the, is in the house. George Dezunza. Uh, he, George Dezunza. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily an actor where you'll recognize the name, but probably an actor you'll recognize. Uh, he was, uh, you know, the, the shining light in this movie always had a smile on his face. It's, it's something, you know, what's interesting about that. Like I've seen this, this is probably a third or fourth viewing. If I had to guess over the years, um, I never really like paid too much attention to him in this movie until this viewing for some reason. But like, I think he's like my favorite character in the movie. He's just like, he's always happy. He's always, you know, got a smile in his face. Uh, incredibly kind. Like if you just watch all the kind things he does over the course of this movie, uh, it's just incredible. And, uh, I love him a little bit after watching this. So he gets a five out of five as well. Uh, yeah, just very, very dark, both in terms of when they actually are, in Vietnam, which over the course of the movie is, is it a quarter of the movie? Less even? Like, uh, not huge amounts of the movie are actually taking place and showing the war. Uh, the rest is sort of uh, the build up to, and then the fallout from is, uh, is definitely a lot of it. And what it did to all of them, particularly. <sighs> yeah like watching christopher walken in this it's just like it, it's it's a little horrifying like what happens to him I, i'm gonna try not to get it away because this definitely falls into my uh category of movies movies everyone should see uh although do i put it in that because if you don't like war movies yeah, and if you don't like dark shit, like this could fuck you up. I feel like <laughs> like it's, it, it's that intense. Uh, uh, yeah, and it, it it definitely has. I will say, which you know, not surprising. Probably three hours and three minutes. Uh, yeah, uh, that it's got some of that uh, you know nineteen seventy eight pacing that if you're not used to, uh, you might not like. Okay, so maybe I wouldn't put it on my list of movies everyone should see. Uh, but it's close to being on that. And I would, you know, give cases, I'd make a case for watching it. 
Yeah, let's put it that way. All right, uh, I think that's almost it. Where are we for time? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, one other thing I was debating doing, which maybe I'll just do it briefly here. Uh, and, and you know what? Yeah, I am going to do it because <laughs> I keep moving this from podcast notes to podcast notes. I feel this for like a month, two months now. Uh, and that is to, uh, my note is basically just open up your, pl your YouTube playlist and talk about some of the things you've been watching. Okay. So I've already done that with regards to those, uh, uh, rust and Daisy gameplay. Uh, if I can add Tarkov to the lists, you know, that would actually be interesting. Uh, all right. So let's just run through here. So here's this one. <sighs> oh yeah. Uh, we're getting a bunch of, uh, dwarf fortress news is sort of popping out lately. If you're uh, unfamiliar, it is a game that has sort of been around for, well, here you go since uh, 2006 and, uh, you know, uh, it's been growing and developing and it's finally almost word is maybe by October, 2022, uh, will be available on the steam store. I have it. I have the, the, the free version. However, uh, I don't want to say it was impenetrable, but it was definitely hard to penetrate. <laughs> so I, I'm sort of waiting for the steam version, hoping that it'll be a little, little easier. Uh, it, it's got a sort of, you know, rim worlds. Yeah, uh, uh, Cataclysm Dark Days Ahead, that kind of sort of vibe. It's supposed to be, and from all I have uh, watched of it and, you know, sort of researched it over the years, just one of the most, oh God, how, how would you even say this? F fleshed out, uh, yeah, uh, realistic? just a lot of mechanics and a game in which you could kind of do anything. I, it, it's hard to pinpoint, go down, you know, I love a rabbit hole and uh, I have spoken of several rabbit holes on this. Go down to dwarf fortress rabbit hole. You'll have some fun there. I bet if you are of the nerdy uh, video game persuasion, highly recommend. I'm still watching uh, DTG gamer top five fallout 76 camps every week. Love those. Uh, very relaxing. I haven't played fallout 76 in a while. Oh, you know, what's funny last night, this sort of, you know, memory unlocked here. Uh, last night I was having trouble getting to sleep. And <laughs> I almost think I know why, because I was trying to think of what, uh, video game map I most like know, like have memorized, I guess would be, uh, yeah. What video game map I most have memorized. And uh, I think it might be Fallout 76. Like I was just picturing all the places I've been, you know, uh, multiple times. Probably one of the reasons that I haven't played it in a bit is because I, I know it so well. Then Skyrim as well. I know that obviously pretty well now after those 130 hours. Um, uh, Grand Theft Auto 5. I, I feel like I can remember some stuff. Mostly just the out, the outer edges. Uh, you know, Zelda games, of course. Uh, oh, uh, 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 super, yeah, Super Mario for the SNES, or was that three? Super Mario Brothers 3? Yeah, like, like I could picture the, you know, you go right two, you go up one, 
<laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm picturing that overworld sort of map and, and I could sort of really picture that pretty strongly. What is your, I'll tell you what, here we go. This is how we'll, uh, yeah. Okay. That, that's how we'll end this episode. The attempt for audience participation, which although has failed every time, you know, you never know. You never know. Well, you kind of do. Uh, what video game map do you think you would most easily be able to find your way around in? What do you, what map do you have memorized the most? You could, uh, you know, traverse with your proverbial eyes closed. Hmm? You can let me know, uh, to, oh yeah, I was going to say to the email and the closing credits, but I, uh, the closing credits are not what they used to be in that they're the, <laughs> in that they're the opening credits just with the notes reversed. Oh yeah. Did you notice that? Hmm. Um, Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. Feel free, feel free to tweet at me. Um, I might, because I forget what I say as soon as I'm done recording, I have no idea what you're talking about. So say, oh, this is from podcast number 616. Oh man, that's a lot of podcast episodes. From episode 616, you wanted to know which map I had most memorized. That map is, and then say the map in, in the tweet. Uh-huh. And then maybe I will, uh, uh, you know, try to get others to answer that somehow. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's the internet, right? You try things. They never work unless they do. <laughs> Whatever. As long as you're having fun, right? And I am. And I hope you are. I hope we all are. Folks, one final thing to say, which is always the final thing to say, which is, of course, it's nice to be nice to the nice. But...